Well, Merry Christmas and welcome to Central this evening. If you're new to our church, let me tell you what we're all about. We seek transformation. We seek transformation of our lives and of our community and the whole world through the renewing work of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the vision that you will hear that ties all of our ministries together. And that's what I hope that you experience tonight, the renewing power of Jesus, bringing life and light to your heart. We've gathered tonight to remember the truth that God took on flesh and entered our world as a baby, that he might become our sacrifice and salvation. God's given us a tremendous gift, a majestic gift, a, a big gift that towers over all of our fears and our needs and our brokenness. But the truth is sometimes other things in our lives seem bigger. There are other things in our lives that seem insurmountable. So I ask you, is Jesus bigger than your need tonight? Let's pray and ask the Lord to open our eyes and our hearts. Oh Lord, would you send your spirit and open our eyes that we might behold Jesus. Renew our wills that we might follow him and inflame our hearts that we adore and praise the one who came for us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Our reading tonight comes from Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. Hear God's word. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name that he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. This is God's good news of great joy. Glory to God in the highest. Our family loves the Chronicles of Narnia series. My kids love them, and I think that I love them more as an adult than I did even as a kid. And one of my favorite scenes in the Chronicles series comes from Prince Caspian when Lucy, the smallest, encounters Aslan. You know him to be the, the lion, the, the champion, the, the hero. And he had been away for a while, and he comes again after Lucy's been feeling his absence for a while. Here's how it goes. Aslan, dear Aslan, sobbed Lucy. At last, the great beast rolled over on his side so that Lucy fell, half sitting and half lying between his front paws. He bent forward and just touched her nose with his tongue. His warm breath came all around her. She gazed up into the large, wise face. Welcome, child, he said. Aslan, said Lucy, you're bigger that's because you're older, little one, answered he. Not because you are? Aslan replied, I am not. But every year you grow, you will find me bigger. What an incredible truth that Lucy would find Aslan bigger every year. And even more amazing is it for you and for me when we remember that Aslan is the Christ picture, the image of Jesus in these stories. And what this is teaching us is that as we grow and grow up and mature in the faith, instead of our control getting bigger, ourselves getting bigger, maturity in Jesus looks like Jesus getting bigger. 
Jesus becoming more powerful, Jesus more glorious, Jesus more forgiving, Jesus more majestic than we ever saw him before. That's what maturity looks like for us to grow up into Jesus being bigger. And the longer we know him, the longer we walk with him, the bigger he seems. But here's the thing. So often in our lives, our problems seem to be the things that grow. Our fears are what seem bigger in our hearts and our lives. Our sins, which are entrenched in our lives, and our problems seem to grow. Our trials are the things that grow so big that they dominate the way that we see our lives. But friends, the truth is that Jesus is bigger. And this text would call us to look to Jesus again and see that he is bigger and better than anything going on in our lives. That's what the writer would have told the Hebrews here. These people who received this letter were Christians with a Jewish heritage, and they had been persecuted. They were struggling mightily, and they thought about giving up. Maybe we should just give in. Maybe this Jesus isn't as powerful to bless us as we thought that he was. Maybe that's what's going on in your heart tonight. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that Jesus is bigger than all of my problems. I wonder if it's worth it to follow him because I wonder if he is worth it. What this passage tells us tonight is to slow down and look to Jesus once again. Because what's ever happening in our lives, whatever hard thing, whatever scary thing, whatever shameful thing, Jesus is bigger. And although he entered this world as a vulnerable child, he has come to reign. Two points for us to consider tonight from this text. First is this. When so many things in our lives seem to pile up and get the pile gets so big, we are called to remember that Jesus is bigger. Look at verse one. Long ago and at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. What this writer is telling us is God speaks. He discloses himself to us through the prophets. Now, maybe when you hear prophet, you think the one who tells the future. But in the Bible, the prophet's primary ministry was to tell God's people what he's like, to tell God's people what his will is, what he loves, what he desires from us, what promises he's made to us. But even all of the ministry of the prophets strung together is limited. It's incomplete. It's the ministry of the prophets is partial. For example, Isaiah tells us that God is God with us. He's Emmanuel. But he doesn't tell us exactly how that's going to happen. It's a limited picture. Or think about Moses who saw God as this flaming bush or a pillar of fire going ahead of God's people. See him powerful and mighty and holy but how do you get close to a pillar of fire? It's a limited, it's a, a partial and incomplete view of who God is and what he has come to do. But the writer here says, in these last days, it's a technical phrase from the Old Testament that means the time of prophecy is being fulfilled. The time, the season of the Messiah, that's now. In these last days, he's spoken to us in his son. Now, he says, God is fully and he's finally spoken to us in Jesus the Son. So when Jesus was born and Mary held baby Jesus in her arms, she held God himself, God with us, God who's come to be with us. We see the bigger picture, the fuller revelation of the prophecy of Isaiah. 
God with us meant that God took on flesh and he entered into this world as a vulnerable child. And what do we know about him? What does this text tell us about this vulnerable child that entered this world? Well, verse 2 tells us he's the heir of all things. Everything belongs to him, all people and, and nations, the whole universe, the world now and the world to come, it all belongs to him. He's created it all, and he's the radiance of God's glory. In other words, like the light of the sun reaches us through its radiance, through its, its rays, well, radiating to us in our, in our world. In the same way, Jesus, the light of God's glory is shining and radiating into our hearts and into our lives. He says he's the exact imprint of God's nature. This child is not kind of like God. He's exactly like the God of heaven. His heart is the same. His power is the same. His love is the same. His desire for you is the same. This same Jesus who entered this world for you upholds the universe by the word of his power. Moment by moment, the Lord rules and upholds all of his creatures and all their actions. Every detail of this world is in his hands. It's like that the wonderful kid's song. He's got the whole world in his hands. He has all of your difficulties, every hardship, every trial, every broken part of your life, every problem, they're all in his hands because he's the son of God who entered this world and took on flesh for you. And so when our problems or their hard things begin to pile one on top of the other in our lives and we get flooded, we, we get overwhelmed, Jesus isn't. He's not overwhelmed by the problems in our lives. When we begin to feel like there's just too much happening, when we're worried about a wayward child or a, a failing business or a marriage that's falling apart or a disease that's ravaging my body or uncertainty about the future, when all of these things pile up and blows keep on coming, Jesus says, look to me. Look to me because all those things may be big and scary, but look at me and see that I'm bigger than all of them. I'm more powerful. I'm in control. My heart of pure love for you is bigger than any of those problems. My power is bigger. My commitment to step into your life, this God with you, is bigger than whatever you face. Look at me because I'm bigger and I'm here with you, the writer would say. It's a little bit like teaching a child to dive into a swimming pool. Have any of you ever seen that happen? Or maybe you were the ones who were teaching a child. You see a, a mom or dad in the pool and the little ones on the side or maybe up on, on the diving board a little bit scared. Maybe the little one is a lot scared. And so they stand there and they put their little hands together in a diving fashion and they're ready to jump in, but they just can't do it. They step back afraid. They do this several times over and over and over. They never jump into the water. And what does the mom or the dad say? Look at me. I'm right here. I'm in the water. Focus on me. Don't focus on how high you are. Don't, don't focus on how scary it seems. Look at me. All you need to do is look at me and jump to me. Just jump into my arms. That's what a good parent says to a child who's afraid. And that's what Jesus says to you and to me here tonight. You and I, you may be thinking, I'm overwhelmed. 
Because all these things in my life are piling up the circumstances, the stuff. Jesus would say, don't focus on the problems. Look to me. Because I am God with you. I'm your Savior who's entered into your world. He was born a child and yet a king over it all. And so into your sadness and your job seeking, the decisions you have to make, into those crossroads moments of your lives when everything seems to pile up, remember that the Jesus who is bigger than whatever you have going on in your life right now, he has come for you. He rules and he reigns and he holds the universe and your life together by the word of his power. In other words, it's good for us in prayer to tell Jesus about how big our problems are, but we also need to take the next step. Sometimes we forget to tell our problems how much bigger our Jesus is. He calls us to remember that he's bigger. When things pile up, when circumstances bring fear, remember Jesus is bigger. Second, when our sins seem too big, remember that Jesus is bigger. Sometimes we look at our lives and, and the compounding problems that we have because we made them that way. Sometimes the problems in our lives come from choices we've made and our lives are a mess and we wonder, is the mess too big? Has it just grown too much and I've gunked up my life so badly by my sinful choices and selfish ways of hurt other people? Maybe my mess is just too big. Maybe I'm a lost cause and my sin is too big for God. There are people in our lives who will look at the pile of mess that we've made and some of them will say, mm -mm, I'm not getting involved in that. I can't do it. There's too much wrong. There's, there's too much sin. That's the Bible's word for how we reject God's commands and won't live in his world his way. There's too much sin, people may say. And they think, I just can't get mixed up in that. I can't get mixed up in your life. There are people who will say that to you but Jesus is never one of them. Jesus will never say that to you. Look at verse three. He said, after making purification for our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. This Jewish audience knew all about purification. They knew about the high priest coming every year on the day of atonement and confessed the sins of his people as he put, the, put his hands on the head of the lamb and this, the guilt would be transferred from God's people to this lamb who would be sacrificed as their substitute. They knew all about that sin calls for our death because our sin is rebellion against God. And these Jewish believers knew all about have, the only way to be pure, to have our guilt removed, the only way to be forgiven is if the lamb took their place. But they also knew that the high priest had to keep on making the offering because they just kept on sinning, just like you do and I do. But this is different. What this word says is after making purification, Jesus did what? He sat down at the right hand of God. My dad always taught me this Mississippi wisdom, I guess. You don't sit down until the job's done, right? You sit down when the job is finished. And this tells us Jesus sat down. Why? Because as Jesus said from the cross, as he breathed his last breath, he said, it is finished. 
There's no more need for sacrifice for purification because Jesus, the high priest, is also that lamb who was slain for us. All of our guilt, all of our sin has been nailed to the cross in his body and the need for sacrifice for purification is over. Because Jesus, the perfect lamb of God, the perfectly sinless sacrifice, died in our place. He took our sin on himself and he was condemned so that you and I can live. Do you believe that tonight? That the lamb of God was slain for sinners like us and he sat down because there's no more sacrifice required. All of our guilt has been cleansed. And he was raised from the dead in victory over it all. In victory over the worst things about you. In victory over the worst things about the world. And he promises to make it all new again. Friends, what that means for us is that there are no sins too big for God. There is no mess that is too big for God to be able to cleanse. There's no hole of despair. There's no trap of addiction. There's no sin. There's no hole so deep that Jesus is unable to pull you out. Whatever huge mess you've made of your life tonight, Jesus is bigger. Jesus is more gracious. Jesus can cleanse it all. So tonight, this text would call us to come to Jesus. If you've never come to Christ before, if you've never trusted that he's the one who took your punishment on himself, He's the one who gave his life for you and there's no more need for purification because he has forgiven you. Maybe tonight you've never believed it, but now's the time to trust your life to this Jesus who entered this world to be your savior. Others of us have trusted Jesus. We've heard this story. We've believed it over and over and over. And tonight I would call you in Christmas childlike wonder, like Lucy, come to Jesus again. Because the more you gaze upon him, the bigger and the more powerful and the more forgiving and the more gracious and the more tender and the more amazing his grace truly becomes. He was born a child of poverty, yet he was king. He was born God with us to die for us. He's bigger than every problem. He's big enough to comfort you in every scary situation. He's big enough to cleanse every mess in your life because the child laid in the manger was the man nailed to the cross for you and for me. Trust in him tonight. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you indeed are more majestic, more powerful, more beautiful, more gracious, more tender, more forgiving than we could ever ask or imagine. And so we come to you again afresh tonight asking Jesus that you would open our eyes to see your glory and your majesty. Help us to see that you are bigger than all of our need and help us to see you are gracious enough to cleanse us for all of our sin because the sinless Savior died and has set us free. Lord, may you grow larger in our eyes as we gaze upon you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.